All right, uh, we're going to look into God's Word, and so if you uh, have a Bible or uh, that you can grab a Bible from the pew in front of you, or if you look in the front of the bulletin inside cover, the passage uh, for today is going to be uh, in there. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. And just to remind you again that uh, for the younger ones, if you want to follow along with me, there's, uh, there are the uh, youth sermon notes. Do we, anybody, does anybody, would anybody like a copy of the youth sermon notes? Raise your hand. Can, uh, do we have any greeters who might be able, okay, here's one down here. So can uh, greeters or somebody go back to the table back there and help me pass those out? Thanks, Adele. Now, there's a person with a heart to serve. Adele is the chair of Foothill, for people at Grace who don't know that, and people at Foothill who don't know that. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, and we need some down here as well. Okay. And that uh, the, it covers the whole worship service. So if you've got a favorite song or things that you're wondering about, you can jot it down on there, and that would be great. Uh, if the younger ones need a uh, children's worship bulletin, you know, it's kind of the younger grade schoolers. You can use those. Anybody else? Thank you so much, Adele. <clears throat> okay. All right. We all settled in? Okay. When was the last time you had a cold? Anybody had a cold sometime recently? Yeah? Okay, wasn't that miserable? I hate getting colds. Uh, last time I got a cold was right after I came back from Louisville, Kentucky, so I blame it on the plane, right? You know, you got somebody in the seat near you, and they're coughing or something. You go, oh, my goodness. And you don't want to be rude and, you know, like put on a dust mask or something, but, you know, maybe you should. Uh, you know, we don't, you don't want to catch that cold. Personal health is really important to us. What are some of the things that you do to try to maintain your personal health? Tell me. Wash hands. Wash hands. So, now, was that a nurse? Yes, I knew it. Okay. <clears throat> Exercise is good. Yes. What else? Vitamins. All right. What else? Ooh, enough sleep. Very good. What, what was that back there? Drink enough water. That's, that's very important. Very good. You guys know a lot about this. Uh, what else? One of the kids want to give me something? What do you do to stay healthy? Put your jacket on. Not today, but okay. Sometimes you need to put your jacket on. When your mom says... Get your sweater, you know, go get it. All right. <clears throat> what else? Getting some sun? Okay, we're going to do that today by Grace Community. We're having a little getaway to Santa Cruz. We'll get some sun. Healthy food choices. Very good. We know a lot about individual health. What do you know about being a healthy church? What should you do? in order to be a healthy church. 
what does a healthy church look like? Now, I know that uh, some of us has, have been in the Veritas or Epic workshops. Uh, I know that Foothill is going through the Navigate program. What are the categories of churches in that program? Do you remember? What's the one you want to be? Missional, yes, but before that, there's a word. Healthy missional, right? You want to be a healthy missional church. And then they have stable, and then you're in some sort of a critical moment, and then the worst one is, oh, man, we're at risk, okay? At risk, they show a picture of somebody about to be, or about to be operated on. I think they're actually operating on them uh, if you go to the Veritas seminar. Some direct interventions need it right away. But you don't want to get to that point, right? So you want to be a healthy missional church. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be a healthy missional church? It's good to be missional. We want to be involved in the mission of Jesus in the world. But in order to do that, we need to be healthy. What does it mean to be a healthy church? Now, one of the problems with the notion of health spiritually is that it sounds digital. You know, like either you are or you aren't. And, and it's sort of like, uh, you know, you, you go to the doctor and you want a clean bill of health. You're, well, doc, am I healthy or not? And what is a doctor likely to say? Oh, you're healthy. Okay, go do whatever you want. Eat whatever you want. Forget about sleeping. Forget exercise. Is that the case? No. Whatever habits you developed to get to health as an individual, you got to do those and keep on doing them. Health is not digital. It's not you are or you aren't. It's more like it's a journey. And you've got to stay on the right path. And the same is true with spiritual health. You know, one of those sayings that uh, kind of gives us this wrong notion of spiritual health as a church. You ever heard that saying, if you find the perfect church, don't join it? Because you're going to go in there and infect everybody is kind of the, uh, the idea behind that. Well, no, that's actually not true. If you find a healthy church, join it. Because what is a spiritually healthy church? A spiritually healthy church is one that is following Jesus. Pursuing Christ and pursuing Christ's mission in the world. Notice pursuing. That's a present participle. That means it's continuing to go on all the time. And you want to get in the flow of that. So if you find the perfect church, or let's say if you find a healthy church, join it. Because you're not going to infect them. They will infect you. They will show you the ways in which you can be healthy. Because they are pointed to Jesus. They're pointed at Jesus uh, goals and mission in the world, and you can get involved there. They are following Jesus. They are pointing at Jesus. And what does it mean to follow Jesus? And that's what I want to look at today. What does it mean to be on that path, to be pursuing Jesus and his uh, mission in the world? What does that look like? And we're going to look at Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. In Luke 9, 23, 
It says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for you to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit your very self? This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Jesus gives us three invitations, three callings, three steps, however you want to put it, to becoming healthy, to finding the way to healthy, authentic living, not just physical health, but we're talking about spiritual and emotional health. The first is to deny yourself, to deny yourself. Now, what does that mean? And, you know, when I was growing up, people would always point to this verse, and it just sounded so distasteful, okay? Like, oh, I don't want to do that. But stop and think about it for a minute. What does it mean to deny? To deny means to say no to something that is bad. To deny means to say no to something that is bad. Do you want to say no to the things that are bad? The things that are going to hurt you? The things that are going to hurt your church? Yes, we should deny those things. It says deny yourself. Well, what self are we talking about? We're talking about the self. Some people call this the adapted self. The self that is inauthentic and unhealthy. Jesus is calling us away from that kind of a self. In this passage, Jesus is, call, is foretelling his death. And the disciples don't want to hear it. But what Jesus is saying is, face up to reality. There are things in you that are wrong, that are leading you in the wrong direction. This world is false. It's twisted God's design has been marred, and so it needs to be remade. It needs to be transformed, and my death is going to do that. Don't turn away from that reality. Don't be so inauthentic. Don't be so uh, desirous of the things of this world and trying to keep this thing going that you that, that you forget about how God really wants you to live. How do we become like this? How do we have this, uh, what some call the adaptive self, the adapted self? Well, it starts as a justifiable response, justifiable response to the world that's around us because the world is twisted and the world is broken and it's hurtful. And when we encounter something that's hurtful, we develop strategies for coping with that. Those hurtful things in our environment. I mean, this started when you were little kids. Now, some of you are little kids. Okay, so yeah, you understand what I'm talking about, right? When that bully is you know, bugging you at school or the teacher is trying to shame you or whatever, what do you do? Now, we're all wired differently. So some of us, we become something like the class clown right? We make a joke out of it. Everybody laughs. You know, the, the bully goes, oh, well, you know, that was kind of funny or, you know, whatever, right? 
For some of us, the teacher is trying to shame us. So what do we do? We become the smart one, right? That's an adaptation. It's, it's a way of adapting, a way of coping with these difficult realities. Some of us rely on other things, maybe our looks. Some of us rely on other kinds of abilities, skills that we try uh, to, to, uh, uh, to develop in our lives. You know, maybe we're the handyman, right? Or we're the one who can cook, all right? These are all ways of adapting. Here's the problem. We need to face up to who we really are. And we have to get rid of that adaptive self. Because if we start relying on it for our identity, it's not enough. Now, Jesus gives us a metaphor for this. He talks about the metaphor of the seed. He says, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, you know, it's not going to become what God intended it to be. The adaptive self is like the coat on that seed. For those of you who are in the biology or whatever, you know about this, right? There's a seed coat on the outside of the seed. It looks just like the seed. But here's the problem. It doesn't have any life in it. But it's good because it protects the seed. Okay, the seed needs that in order for the, the life in it to eventually come out. But as the life starts to grow, what does it need to do with the seed coat? It needs to get rid of it. Okay, and that seed coat falls off and actually becomes part of the, the soil and, and, and helps to, uh, to feed the seed, but it needs to be shed first. The seed coat is necessary protection, but unless we shed it, unless we find our identity in who we really are in God, and instead of this coating that we have put around ourselves to cope with difficult situations, Unless we get rid of that, we're going to become self-centered, self-reliant, and isolated. We're going to become self-centered, self-reliant, and isolated because we're so dependent on our seed coat. So the second step that Jesus gives us is to take up our cross daily. Not only do we need to recognize that that adaptive self, that seed coat, is keeping us from really growing into what God wants us to be. We have to be reminded of that daily. The New Testament is filled with references to dying to ourselves, being crucified with Christ, counting ourselves as dead to sin. That's what all this is about. It's getting rid of that adapted self, the empty shell that we have to discard. All of us tend to cling to our adapted self because it's all we know, right? It's the most easily recognizable part of ourselves. God wants us to become something that we can't see yet. That's a problem. And so we have to trust the good news of the kingdom of God. What Jesus said, the kingdom of God is nearby. Grab onto that. Walk into that reality. Grow into what God has intended for you and for me. When I was doing uh, work in psychology and uh, developmental psychology was an interest of mine. And I remember uh, interviewing people for a paper I was doing. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was talking about moving from one stage of life to the next. 
And somebody gave this description to me that I love. He said, it's like you know that you have to walk through this door, but you don't know what's on the other side of the door. You know what's on this side of the door. And everything on this side of the door is kind of pushing you towards the door to walk through it, but you're really hesitating to walk through because you don't know what's on the other side. That's what this is like. Shedding that adapted self is like that because we only know how we've coped, you know, being funny or being pretty or being smart or being skilled. We know those things. But to say, I need to let go of that and find my identity in what God wants me to be in growing into somebody who is like Jesus, like we read in Romans 12, that is able to put aside anger and, and forgive people. I can't do that. Those are hard things. Yeah, they are. Because we don't know what it's like to walk into the other side. But if we walk into the other side, into this other reality, we are doing what Jesus says is the third thing. We are following Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me into this new reality that I have for you. Walk through that door and find all the great things that I have for you. And, and that's what the teaching of Jesus is about, right? He's telling us what the other side is like. That's what Matthew 5 through 7 is. It's a description of the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be there? Oh, I do, but I don't know if I can do those things. Turn the other cheek. Oh, I don't know, you know. Or, uh, uh, you know, treat others like I want to be treated. Oh, man, that's really hard. Forgive? I don't know if I can do that. Jesus says, walk through the door. Follow me. Go with me into this new, new kingdom, this new life. Experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let other believers come around you and help you to follow. Just as I died on the cross, die to the false self that isn't able to give you life. Just as I rose again into new life, rise with me to gain this better life. And then, those of us who uh, are from Grace Community, one of the things we learned last week is, and then become ambassadors of that. Tell other people about the good news. See, that's the good news. If you go through the door, if you deny yourself, if you are being reminded of that, and so doing it daily, then you can follow Jesus into this new life. Now, what does that have to do with being a church? It sounds like this is all about individuals, right? If we accept Jesus' invitation, the result will be not just healthy, authentic living for myself, but you have to do it in community. You have to do it with other people. Now, here's the problem. Because we're all in this process, being in a healthy church is not pain-free. You hear that? Being in a healthy church is not pain-free. That's one of the, I think that's one of the reasons why they say if you find the perfect church, don't, don't join it. You know, you're going to bring pain. <laughs> well, of course. Matter of fact, all those, if, they're, if they're not experiencing some pain, then they're just being fake with each other because they're not growing. They're not getting rid of the adapted self. They're, they're putting on the adapted self, and all their adapted selves are kind of you know, getting along with each other. But they're not finding the true life that God has for them. Because how do we find out what our adapted self is? 
is through conflict. That's when we, what? Why did that make me mad? Why did that make me sad? Why did that make me want to just curl up in a little ball, you know? What's going on? God is showing you your adapted self. He is showing you the wrong ways in which you had been responding to things before, and he's showing you the part of you that he wants to transform. That's why in Romans 12 it says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice so that God can transform you. You've got to just give him who you are. You're not going to fix it before you get up on that altar. Forget it. But God is the one who can do that renewing. And so when we come into conflict, and, you know, when you're in, we just had a leadership team meeting on Monday night, okay? Did we have conflict? Yes. Was I a source of some of that conflict? Yes. Did I have to confess that to God the next day and ask him, what is it about me that really didn't respond very well to the things that we were talking about? Yes. I had to do that. Denying self, taking up the cross daily, and following Jesus into a new reality. Now, fortunately, we resolve a lot of that stuff by the end of the meeting. But I still had to examine myself the next day and say, okay, God, what, what happened there? Conflict brings out our adaptive self. We aren't perfect. None of us is. And none of our churches are perfect either. But healthy process is what we need. And healthy process is not easy. When we are reminding ourselves daily to deny our false selves and follow Jesus, that is health. That is being on that road of health, that journey of health. And then we will grow into our healthy and authentic self. The problem is if we don't do this, the result is, and this is what Jesus says in the last verse, losing our very self. Losing our very self because we are so, we are grasping so tightly onto our adapted self that the real self starts to be gone. We, we don't even recognize it anymore. Have you ever lost your wallet? You ever lost your credit card? You ever lost your phone? What did you do? Right? I mean, kids, when you lose something, what, what do your parents tell you? The first thing you do is what? Okay, open your eyes, stop and think, where were you, right? I mean, and, and then you just kind of go into frantic mode, right? Oh, and then you start retracing your steps and trying to find, oh, where was it? Did I leave it in the car? Oh, no, I got to call that restaurant, you know. And uh, I can't call them because I don't have my phone, you know. <clears throat> and so you just, you just get into this, I've got to find it mode. We need to be in that same mode about ourselves about finding our authentic self, the self that God wants us to grow into. We need to have that same energy about losing our adapted self. Jesus says that if we don't, then we will lose, in the old translation, it says you lose our soul. Let's not lose our souls. Let's help each other to find this life in Jesus. That's what it means to be a healthy church. 
John 13, 34 and 35. Right? Anybody know those verses? By this, everyone will know that you are my followers if you what? If you love one another. This is the new command. That's where Maundy Thursday comes from. Jesus told us this when he instituted the Lord's table. This is my command. Love each other. And that's how people will know that you're my followers. A healthy church loves. It's not conflict-free. Okay? It doesn't mean that there aren't difficulties. It doesn't mean that you know, the, the budget's always balanced or uh, you know, we, we're doing all the programs that we want to do. You know, oh, gee, look, we have this huge whatever program it is that you're proud of. That's not the point. Jesus says you've got to love, and love is not easy. When Jesus loved us, was it easy? He went to the cross for us. When the Nick Evangelists were here, they reminded us of that. Jesus went to the very cross for us, and he died so that we might have life. Are you willing to die for each other so that you can find that kind of life? Let's help each other find our souls. If you look in your bulletin, there's a series of reflections. Let me go get mine. Actually, you could call this just the reflection for today's sermon. What is the adapted self that God's calling you to deny or disown? Think of a situation in which you tend to respond with your adapted self. What triggers you? What do you feel? What are your motivations? Just this last week, maybe in the last 24 hours because of the heat, did you do something that you knew was wrong? Why? How is that expressing your adapted self? What would a response from your authentic self in Christ look like? Something in Romans 12, maybe? Who can you share this with? to receive prayer support and encouragement to follow Jesus. You got a small group? You have a, maybe an accountability partner or a spiritual director or somebody to whom you can tell these things. And then, how can you be ready to support and encourage someone to follow Jesus? I'm going to give us a moment just in silence, and I know this may be hard, especially for the kids, but just to be quiet before God. Think about these questions. Let God's Spirit direct you to the questions that are important for you today. And ask him, what should I respond to these? And then after a moment, I'll invite Pastor Hans Eric to come on up and lead us in the rest of the worship service. come now to a time of closing where we receive the sacrament and are sent on our way. And Steve, thank you for that message. That was good for my soul. Thank you. <laughs>